0: welcome to the preston minster podcast we want you to find your home find your purpose and transform your city I wonder if you ever have those moments in your life. And today I want to talk about one of those things. One of those things that is so easy to miss in our lives. And it's one of those things that sadly so many people do miss. And it is this, that God sees in you a potential that you don't even see. Each of us have within us this God-given potential. He sees these possibilities in you. And he wants to draw these out. He wants to grow each and every single one of us as we draw closer to him. And so that's what we're going to be talking about this morning, your God-given potential. And I want to begin by telling you uh, about an art class that I once went to when I was at secondary school. And uh, I turned up with my classmates to this art class, and we'd, we'd all got there on time, which was great. And uh, we kind of filed in, and we were sat down, and we were talking away, messing around. Then all of a sudden, we realised that the lesson had started five minutes ago, and the teacher hadn't shown up. What a feeling that was. And I don't know about, uh, about your secondary school, but in my secondary school, there was this unwritten rule that if it got to 10 minutes, The skive was on. Apologies to any teachers, I'm now a responsible adult and I don't endorse skiving at all. But 10 minutes and the skive was going to be on. And, uh, And it was getting towards that time, but then all of a sudden, in through the door came none other than the substitute teacher. The sub-teacher. Now, our hearts did sink a little bit, as I'm sure you can imagine. But let's be honest, the substitute teacher is the next best thing to the sky. Because, again, I don't know what it was like in your school, but in my school, when the substitute teacher came along, and apologies if you've ever done substitute teaching, but in my school, what happened was that 30 kids just all of a sudden gave up on the lesson. They knew that nothing was going to be learned that day. And, uh, and that was the position we were in. But to be fair, this um, substitute teacher, he did something a bit different in this art class. He went, and without saying a word, he went and he set up an easel and he put a canvas on it. And uh, he just started painting. Now all of a sudden, us, us 30 rabble who were messing around, he, he grabbed our attention Or at least just for a few moments, he grabbed our attention. Because I don't know if you know or not, but uh, watching someone paint is a bit like watching paint dry. It is a slightly boring process. If you've ever uh, looked at YouTube and you've looked at someone who's creating a picture or a painting, you'll see that they always speed them up, don't they? Into super speed. Because it is a process. And it's not the most exciting thing to see. So once again... We gave up on this class, we gave up on our teach, and we gave up on this painting that was happening. So we all went into our pockets, we were a bit bored, we pulled out our mobiles, our mobile phones, then we realized it was the 1990s and that there was no such thing as a mobile phone and so we discarded them. And, um, but all of a sudden, um, this painting actually started to take shape. And I can picture it now This teacher, he would painted this space scene and he had had drawn this planet and it was as if you could reach out and you you could touch this thing. It was incredible. All of a sudden, he had grabbed our attention again. We'd given up on this lesson. We'd given up on this teacher. We'd given up on this painting. But the teacher hadn't given up. And he kept going. And eventually ended up with this beautiful piece of art. And you know, in in the Bible, it talks about how we, each of us, are like a piece of art. In Ephesians 2.10, it talks about how we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works. Turn to your neighbor for a moment and just tell them, you are a finely crafted human being. Do that for two seconds. You are, you are a finely crafted human being. Doesn't that feel good? Doesn't that feel good to hear that from someone else? But here's the thing we may be God's handiwork, but how often do we write ourselves off? Or how often do we let others write us off? Maybe it's a word which has been spoken over you, a mean word which has just stuck to you like glue over the years. You're no good at anything. Or maybe it's that thought that just keeps popping up into your head every now and again. That thought where we put ourselves down, where we discourage ourselves. Or maybe we just think, oh, I've, got, I've made so many mistakes. There's no way that, that God would want to know me. And we even think that God has maybe written us off as well. And you know what? We may not all be gifted. I'm not a gifted painter, especially after all those art lessons. We all make mistakes. We all all mess things up. And we sin and we, we need forgiveness time and time again. But what I want to say to you this morning is please don't write yourself off because God hasn't written you off. And within you, he sees this potential. He sees this possibilities. He sees his craft, his handiwork, this beautiful painting, which he is turning you into. And he hasn't finished with you yet. And so this morning, I want to get into the Bible and, uh, and hear more about um, this possibility and this potential and how we can grow towards that. And if you've got your Bibles with you, uh, if you want to open them up, we're in Matthew 22, or if you've got them on your mobile phone, unless you're living in the 90s, um, but their words are also going to come up on the screen. And we're going to get into God's Word because God's Word is where we hear from Him. You know, so many people think that it's hard to hear from God. Actually, it's not. You just have to open the pages of the Bible, and there he is speaking to us. And uh, we're going to hear today uh, about a parable that Jesus told. And a parable is just this sort of extravagant illustration. It's a story which explains the kind of much bigger point which, he's, which Jesus is trying to make. And within these words, I think there's three invitations, three opportunities that God gives us to discover our God-given potential. And so we're going to read this in in three different parts. We're going to start at Matthew 22. We're going to read from verse 1. Jesus spoke to them again in parables, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like a king who prepared a wedding banquet for his son. And he sent his servants to those who had been invited to the banquet to tell them to come. But they refused to come. Then he sent some more servants and said, "Tell those who have been invited that I have prepared my dinner. My ox—sorry, uh, I have prepared my dinner. My oxen, my fattened cattle have been slaughtered, and everything is ready. Come to the wedding banquet." But they paid no attention, and they went off—one to his field, another to his business. The rest seized his servants, ill-treated them and killed them, and the king was enraged. He sent his army and destroyed those murderers and burned their city. First thing I want to say to you today, the first opportunity that I think God gives to us from this passage to discover our potential is that you are invited to the party Now this story kicks off like many of the parables and it says the kingdom of heaven is like or in other words the kingdom of God is like. So it's important to have a grasp on what this kingdom of God is because what we're about to hear and what we're about to discover is a description of the kingdom. So what do we know about kingdoms? Well kingdoms are an area in which a king or a queen exerts their authority. On earth, those are almost exclusively geographical areas. And we live in a kingdom, don't we? We live in the United Kingdom where the queen is the monarch. And within these kingdoms, the character of the ruler is the, the thing which shapes the kingdom itself. So in a sense, the kingdom of God is showing us what the reign and the characteristics of God are like. They're giving us a glimpse into who he is and what his kingdom is. And so the party here, the wedding banquet, is a description of God's kingdom. And so the first invitation to us is that we're invited to the party. We are invited to be part of the kingdom of God. That's the first opportunity. So how do we enter into the kingdom of God? Well, the answer is that we enter by submitting to the authority of the king. Now, to discover our potential, it sounds almost counterintuitive, doesn't it, to, to submit to someone else. But actually, this is the place that is best for us to grow. God longs for you to become a new creation. He knows what is best for you. I mean, he is actually an expert on you, more than you are. And so actually the kingdom of God, under his reign, submitted under his authority, is the best place for us to grow and to discover our potential. Now, if a king or a queen invited you to a party, you would go right well it's not always the case and these people who were invited they didn't go along to the party and they said well you know what I've got I've got a field to tend to I've got a business to run now this might sound a bit crazy but and it sounds crazy to me but this actually happened Christine and I were once invited to a film night at Buckingham Palace okay (laughs) It's madness. But this happened. We had a friend who was working at the time for a member of the royal family. And so we got invited to this film night at the palace. We scored this invitation, which is amazing. I want you to imagine a film night at Buckingham Palace for a moment. Imagine, there I am, my feet up on the royal sofa, cuddling up to a corgi, sharing a bowl of popcorn with the queen, splitting a a slushie with Prince William, something like that. Could have been amazing. Could have been absolutely brilliant. The thing is, we turned down the invitation. We turned it down because we had other commitments. There were other things that we had to do. You know what? I I still regret turning down that invitation. Obviously, the Queen wasn't going to be there. It was it was a night for the staff. And the, the friends of Buckingham Palace, but I still regret turning it down. I feel like I missed out on something, and I'll never know what that film night was like, and I, I'm never going to get up to cuddle up to a royal corgi. But friends, Jesus is inviting you to a party, and the way that we we answer this invitation with a yes is that we submit to Him. We submit to his authority. And that's where we begin to grow. That's where he begins to draw out the possibility and the potential in your life. Under submission to the king. It doesn't happen overnight. It's not quick. Because you're you're his handiwork. You're an artwork. It takes time. It's a process. But friends, I want to say to you, don't miss out on the invite. Whatever you do, don't get distracted. Sure, there's there's fields to tend to, there's businesses to run, there's phones to get distracted by. I mean, the 90s was a much easier time, but don't get distracted. You are invited to the party. Second opportunity that God gives to us and that Jesus draws out and explains in this passage is that we are invited to invite we are invited to invite other people to the party. So let's read on. So we're in Matthew 22. I'm reading from verse 8. It says, Then his, he said to his servants, this is the king, he said to his servants, The wedding banquet is ready, but those I invited, they did not deserve to come. So go to the street corners and invite to the banquet anyone you find. So the servants went out into the streets and gathered all the people that they could find. The bad as well as the good. And the wedding hall was filled with guests. So let's recap this story so far. The king's son is getting married and so they put on this party. There's some guests, they've got a guest list and the servants they go out and invite the guests. The guests don't come along because they're doing other stuff. And so some of them get distracted, some of them actually kill the king's servants. And so the king sends out a whole load of other servants and this time he invites everyone. He sends them out into the streets. And he says, you are all invited, both the good and the bad. And I think Jesus includes this piece about the servants to give us an example to follow. Inviting others. What's inviting others to the party got to do with fulfilling our God-given potential? Well, it's got everything to do with it. Because people who want to grow to become more like Jesus, people who are submitted to his kingdom, when we do that, we find that we also want to see other people reach their God-given potential. And so that's why we go out and why we invite. And this week, I want you to give yourself a pat on the back because you guys have been doing exactly that. If you turned up to Alpha this week, which I do have to say was another event that I missed out on, and I absolutely gutted that I wasn't there, but 60 guests coming along to the Alpha course. Guess how they found out about Alpha? It was from you guys. The majority were from you guys. They were invited by you, so you should celebrate that and be encouraged by that. Isn't that incredible? But today, I want to take a risk, and I want to I want to encourage you to not just be someone who invites a person to an event, as amazing as that is, and as amazing as Alpha is, I want to encourage you to not just be someone who invites someone, but to become a person of invitation. What do I mean by that? Well, let me give you an example. So... um, this isn't my story, this is Christine's story, um, but she's given me permission to share it. I love this story. It's the story of when she became a Christian. And she was at university uh, when she became a Christian. And um, she had uh, she decided, kind of off her own back really, that she wanted to go and discover more about this person called Jesus and go and find out about him. So one day she's in the swimming baths and um, she sees this girl wearing a hoodie. The girl's not actually in the water wearing the hoodie. It's not like those swimming lessons where you wear your pajamas, whatever they were about. But uh, she's, on the side of the, she's on the side of the pool, and uh, she's wearing this hoodie, and right across the back of the hoodie, there's a, a big kind of logo saying Christian Union. And so Christine goes up to this girl, and uh, she says to her, um, are you part of the Christian Union? And the girl says, no, I just wear this thing for a laugh. She doesn't say that. She says, yes, of course I am. And so uh, Christine goes up to her and says, "Um, please would you take me along to church? So of course she says, yeah, and she takes Christine along to church and Christine discovers Jesus and gets baptized and the rest is history. You know what? This girl, she was called Kirsten. She didn't actually invite Christine to church, but in a sense she did. Because she was a person of invitation. And I want to give you four things. If you're taking notes down today, I need to rush through these because I haven't got time to, um, to kind of talk about them anymore. But there's four kind of habits which people who are a people of invitation have habitualized in their life. And... These things, as I go through them, these people, sometimes it seems like it comes natural to them. But actually, it doesn't. They work at them, and they practice these things. And as they practice them, they become habits, and then those things become who they are. And the first thing is this, that they own up to being a Christian. And that's what this girl, Kirsten, had done. She was telling everyone around her that she was a Christian because she was wearing this Christian Union hoodie. I don't know what that looks like in your setting. Maybe it's just telling your family that you've given your life to Jesus or a friend or or a work colleague. And when we do that, it opens up an opportunity. And it opened up an opportunity for Christine. And she went and said, can you take me to church? So the first thing that people of invitation do is that they own up to being a Christian. The second thing is that they pray for people. And that's because they care about them. It's because they see the God-given potential and they want people to reach that. So they pray for people. The third thing is that they invite people and they do it again and again. And they do that because they know how important Jesus is in their own life. And so they want that for other people as well. And then the fourth thing is this, that they serve others. And that's because they know it is better to serve than to be served. And friends, as we have a go at this stuff, as we practice it, as we get it wrong a lot as well, that's when we begin to grow and we become a person of invitation. I want to offer you an invitation today of having a go at this kind of thing. Because some of you might not know this, but um, on a weekly basis, usually on a weekly basis, we have a team of people. We have a street team, we call it. And we go out onto the streets of Preston and we invite people, we invite Preston to church. We invite them to Alpha. Sometimes we even just go for it and we invite them into a relationship with Jesus there and then. It's scary sometimes. It's not easy, but man, it's a place where you can grow. And if that's something which maybe stirs something in your spirit, that I'm going to be stood over at the Connect Lounge at the end of the service, just come over to me and say, David, I want to know more. So that's the second thing, is that we are invited to invite. And then the third challenge that we have from this passage today that I want to give to you is that we are invited to change. Friends, we come to Jesus as we are, but he doesn't want to leave us there He wants us to grow. So let's have the final part of our story, which is from verse 8. Then he said to his servants, the wedding banquet is ready, but those I invited did not deserve to come. So go to the street corners and invite to the banquet anyone you find. So the servants went out into the streets. They gathered all the people they could, the bad as well as the good, and the wedding hall was filled with guests. But when the king came in to see the guests, he noticed a man there who was not wearing wedding clothes. And he asked, How did you get in here without wedding clothes, friend? And the man was speechless. Then the king told the attendants, Tie him hand and foot and throw him outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are invited, but few are chosen. That's pretty full on, isn't it? What's all that about? There's a guy who's wearing the wrong clothes to the banquet. And so he gets thrown out of the party. That's pretty full on. Well, here's the thing. It was customary in biblical times and in ancient times that the king or whoever invited you, whoever the royalty was who invited you to a party, was that they also had to provide you with the right clothes to wear. Which is great. I don't know about you. I hate deciding what clothes I've got to wear in the morning. And if that's you, if you're going along to a royal event, you don't need to do that because the clothes are already decided. So in other words, to not be wearing the clothes, the right clothes, is a choice that you have deliberately made. And so this person has deliberately made this choice not to wear the correct clothes. It wasn't an accident. And so what the king is inviting his guests to do is to take off their old clothes and change them for something new. And that's the invitation that Jesus gives to each of us as well. He invites us to take off our old clothes, the clothes of our old life, the values that used to make us tick, and change them as we submit to his kingdom and change them for his clothes for his ways, and for his values. So how does this happen? Well, in one sense, it is already done for us. Because when we accept the invitation to follow Jesus, it says in the Bible in Galatians 3, when we're baptized, we become clothed in Jesus. So he already gives us the right clothes to wear. And when God the Father looks at you, He doesn't see all the brokenness. He doesn't see the mistakes and the ways that you've messed up. He sees you clothed in Jesus, the perfect, the holy one, the one whose name is beautiful. Isn't that amazing? He sees you like that. He sees you through that lens. But friends, here's the thing. God doesn't want us to stay that way. It's just like a parent, if you're a parent and you've got a child, and the child has uh, gone outside perhaps and say it's raining, and you know when they go and they just get absolutely covered in muck and mud, and it's such good fun, and uh, they look like they're having a great time, and then they come up to you and they want to give you a hug. And you're like, oh no, I don't want to have a hug, have all that muck over me. The parent still loves the child just as they are, but they know that the child can't stay like that. And that they know that the child needs to change and the child needs to get cleaned up because that's what is best for them. And so it is with us. God wants that for you. And I'll be honest, as we enter into this journey of discipleship with Jesus, as he encourages us and invites us to change, that's not an easy process. It's difficult. It's actually quite painful. And it's a slow process. Like that art teacher of mine painting the painting for us. But it's worth it in the end to see God's handiwork. And there's two ways that we can respond. We can ignore this invitation to change that God gives to us. And that's the easy option because we don't like to go outside of our comfort zones, do we? Thing is, it will stunt your growth. The second option is this. We take the risk that God really does see the potential and the possibility in you better than even you do. Friends, I don't know what it is that God wants to change in your life. Perhaps you do know what that is some of you will instantly go i know what it is that needs to change others of you won't know and that's absolutely fine as well and we can pause and we're going to do that in a moment and we can ask god to reveal stuff to us the work that he wants to do to transform you so much for listening to the Preston Minster podcast we'll see you again soon